Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The Match Ball. 24th of November 1990 and Highfield Road today, Coventry City away for Leeds United on the Match Ball 30, which is brought to you by Levi Solicitors. 10% discount at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan. With me is Michael Normanton. Hello. I'm Moscow White Daniel Chapman. Hello. And we are charting the journey from promotion in 1993 through to the league title in 1992. A real-time journey with a match ball 30 on the 30th anniversary of each game. And today, no exception, it's Coventry, and they have a new manager. Who should be playing for us. Old Tezza, Tez Butch. Young Terry Butcher, up-and-coming player. Pat's lad. (laughs) (laughs) Turned us down. Apparently, he jumped at the chance instead to become player manager of Coventry City, the mad weirdo, which it did seem like quite a crazy move because he was talking to Leeds about just Becoming and being our new central defender, and until Graham Souness decided he was sick of him being at Rangers, he was just playing. And now all of a sudden, no coaching badges, no nothing, no preparation, just go manage Coventry. Knows the game, doesn't he? Played for England. That's good. That was good enough for a coaching qualification in those days. It's in. It's in here, isn't it? Taps his. Taps his temple. Knowledge. His, his bleeding temple. That's the one. So all the and knowledge probably bled out of him. At the start of this footage, actually, there's a shot of him running down the tunnel and you do just see Leslie Silver still lurking in the tunnel, don't you? As if he still might be trying to convince him. It's like, oh, you're absolutely sure. You're not regretting this yet. <laughs> they did uh, They did lose to Liverpool in his, his first game, but Terry is keeping it nice. Although um, Wilkinson in the build was all this, he kept denying and denying that we ever had any interest in signing Terry Butcher. But I think um, the warm handshake with Bill Fotherby does suggest otherwise. And... Uh, and uh, Terry himself, before the game, he said that there's uh, there's nothing to worry about. There's no grudge. He says, there'll be nothing like that between me and Leeds. We kept our cards close to our chest last week, but once the Coventry offer came in, that was it. And thankfully, our centre-backs look rock solid. And it's the first meeting since the FA Cup semi-final in 1987, which, well, I mean, that was a traumatic experience, um, losing that one at Hillsborough. Uh, teams for today then, Steve Grizovic playing for Coventry. Always felt like Steve Grizovic was there throughout the entire 1980s and probably 90s as well. Yeah, I think he's still their goalkeeper now. Ugly scenes at Highfield Road, etc. Et yes. Uh, we've got Paul Edwards, Peter Billing, Trevor Peake, Brian Burrows, Terry Butcher, Mickey Ginn, Lloyd Ooh. McGrath, David Speedy, Cyril Regis and Kevin Gallagher completing their, their first 11. Was it Burrows who had the big hair? Uh, no, you are thinking of... Kill Klein. Yes. Yeah, I'm thinking of Killer. Killer, aren't I? Brian Burrows was one of the people, he's, um, his hair was kind of always the same colour of his face and he played for Liverpool. And on the bench for Coventry, David Smith and Steve Livingston. The doctor, I presume. Mm. Uh, for Leeds, starting to see something of a, of a settled side, the genesis of it anyway, 
Lukic in goal, Mel Sterland, Chris Fairclough, Chris White, Chris Kamara, Gordon Strachan, Gary McAllister, Gary Speed, David Batty, Carl Schott and Lee Chapman seem to be the preferred attacking pair at the minute. And on the bench, we have Fish and John Pearson. I think, Roscoe, you're confusing Brian Burrows with David Burrows. I am, aren't I? <laughs> the brothers, the famous Burrows brothers. <laughs> the the Burrowers. The Burrowers of them Burrows. The, one of them spelled it differently, but they, they didn't let it come between them in the family, did they? We should emphasise I booed Mickey Jin because it was him who uh, nicked the ball in 1987 at the FA Cup. Semi-final when... Um, we came so close to Wembley and Coventry ended up winning the FA Cup that year, but that didn't make it feel any better, did it? And what you may have picked out of that lineup is that young Terry Butcher was marking young Lee Chapman himself. So that's the clash to watch out for here at Highfield Road. Yeah, he went for um, three at the back has been his innovation as manager, three defenders in his first match, which sort of worked at Liverpool. They only lost by a, a late goal, but he's, um, yeah, he's decided to stick himself on Chapman for this game. Three at the back is proper witchcraft in this day and age, isn't it? 1990, you didn't do three at the back. That was fancy foreign nonsense. Well, it was the whole uh, big hoo-ha about whether Bobby Robson should use it at the World Cup, wasn't it? Mark Wright is the the future sweeper. Yeah, whether it it works quite as well with um, Terry Butcher, Trevor Peake, and uh, whichever one of these other lads he decided to have in in defence with him. Was Lloyd McGrath the uh, the other defender, maybe? Paul's Um, brother. Yes. So a, a, a great family, although um, Paul McGrath played in midfield quite a lot, confusingly, although he's legendary uh, centre-half business. I don't know. It's Butcher versus Chapman is the big one, especially with um, all the money that Chapman's been making off himself. Well, I mean, you say, like, you, you look at Patrick Bamford in 2020, you want a striker to back himself, and Chapman was certainly doing that. Literally. And legally, you couldn't do this now, could you? No, Poor you can't. Old, uh, yeah. Jordan Stevens got banned for this kind of behaviour, but so far... Uh, this season, Lee Chapman has made £250 by backing himself as first goal scorer in every game, which is all all fine and above board. <laughs> it does seem a, a little bit dodgy when he could maybe have an opportunity to pass and you might just think, ah, but another, under a quid if I, get, if I knock this in. It's almost like you've uncovered the reason why they banned it, Michael. Well, well, uh, well, the reason for banning it was to stop people throwing games, though, wasn't it? It was the real reason, but this does feel a little bit dubious still, but you know. More simple times. Let's get back to this. It's all it's all part of the sport. It is about um, backing yourself. Wilkinson agrees. He says, uh, Wilco says, if I was Lee Chapman, I would back myself to score first. But really, these things merely add spice to the meal. Classic Wilco. I love that. Why does the meal even need spice? A non-spicy meal. That's what we want from Lee Chapman. Take out all the seasoning. Salt, pepper, the lot. None of that. Foreign muck. Should have been the John Stevens defence. I was only adding spice. Just making it more interesting. Yeah. And Chapman quids in then, uh, 23 minutes into this. It's an absolute classic Chapman goal as well. I mean, you say that, but we'll come to the finish in a minute, but the actual build-up play was really, really nice. There's some there's some Bielsa there. Carl Schutt, again involved. It was a, a nice ball forward from Sterling down the right. Then there's a little one-two between Schutt and Strachan. The ball to the far post and Chapman, he nearly heads it in. I'm not entirely sure what happens. It kind of bounces off a defender, doesn't it? And just Yeah. I just mean, drops back to if, him. If he'd crashed it into the far post across the goalkeeper, then you'd have gone, yeah, classic Chapman header. But as it is, it got saved at point blank range, didn't it? Or he hit the post or whatever, and then just tapped it in. It's the second. That's where it becomes classic. The ball is a yard out. Chapman is there. That ball's going in. And, and he still makes it look slightly ungainly. <laughs> He's got to set himself. He has just been in the air, um, aiming ahead of Edson Grzovic. So he does have to sort himself out when he, he hits the deck again. And it is a good finish. It's funny in the build-up watching them. 
Strachan has the ball on kind of the, the right side approaching the penalty area. And I don't think Kyle Schutt, I think Kyle Schutt is making one of those runs to kind of get out of the way. And Strachan suddenly gives him the ball. And there's, there's a kind of a moment of, huh, me, what? But it all, uh, it all works out very well. The only thing missing though is, although it is Chapman's fifth first goal in five games, he said afterwards that because the odds were only seven to two, he hadn't bothered, wasn't worth it. So he didn't put any money on. I mean, the odds are not going to fluctuate massively from week to week, are they? I don't know. Is he having us only? But, you know, coming off the back of, of three straight wins as we had against Forest, Man City and then Derby with three goals in each, you're going to fancy yourself to stick a few past, uh, past Coventry. But then you come up against their newfangled three at the back system. So He's got the Leslie Ash money, so he doesn't necessarily need the, the cash from, from this. This is just, it's sporting bets, which is, you know, interesting that he, uh, he left the odds alone in that case. But um, yeah, Coventry, I mean, they are terrible. So going 1-0 up in the first half did seem like the uh, the recipe for an easy three points given the form that we've been in, but no. Should have been, really. In light of the back pass rule now in place, you can see why there'd be a bit of hesitancy giving it back to Lukic, but he could have just picked it up. But Chris Fairclough can't kick it properly. Mm. Just scuffs a... It's a very simple tidying up job he just needs to do, but doesn't make contact properly and Gallagher gets in and scores. Chris Fairclough was an absolute rock during this time and almost unflappable but this was the uncharacteristic error wasn't it really just sort of tripped over his own feet didn't quite kick it hard enough and just led to a goal which yeah. I didn't like it's a ball through kind of he's chasing it back towards John Lukic with Kevin Gallagher who was quite a nippy uh, Scottish striker uh, it's, it's hard to winger. yeah it's hard to play a ball when it's coming over your shoulder as well let's not forget yeah. that yeah. and he just makes a bit of a mess of it as Lukic is, is running out doesn't quite get to Lukic and I, d- I never liked uh, I don't like Gallagher's celebration for this. He wiggles. I don't think it's seemly. Ostentatious. Yeah, he wasn't that good a goal that it deserves a wiggle. And you never saw Chappie wiggle. I mean, you could accept a wiggle from Weggerly. Well, I mean, that was a great goal, going back to the QPR game a few weeks ago. But this is nowhere near in that class. And unfortunately, we couldn't get another goal. And, and that was basically a point from Highfield Road is a fairly paltry return. But we were superior in every aspect, said the Telegraph. The Telegraph, yeah, say that it is um, unexpected that it should have been only a point, given that Leeds were markedly superior in every aspect from confidence to tactics in the first half. This was an entirely unexpected result. As blunders go, it was not far removed from Gary Sprake throwing the ball into his own net. Mm, a bit harsh. That's a bit of an overstatement. It feels as well like a, such an old reference, but then I realised at the time, that's 23 years, which is like because referencing George Graham, which we do all the time. And it is the last time. Uh, <laughs> it is the last time we'd been in Division One. Although even Gary Sprake was a, a long time before that, so it's kind of like us talking about Olivier Decor or something, or Paul Robinson if it's goalkeepers, or Paul Beasley. It is worth pointing out that Chris Fairclough's mistake, bad as it was, was not the worst of the weekend. Paul Beasley came up with two absolute treats to give Sunderland two goals that were the only goals in a win over Sheffield United. It's what happens if you play out from the back. Get it pumped forward. <laughs> they are awful. Sheffield United, for some reason, under Dave Bassett at the bottom of Division 1, are trying to play tippy-tappy around at the back against Sunderland and they just give Sunderland the ball. Marco Gabbiadini gets the ball and scores because Marco Gabbiadini does that. But Paul Beasley could do a job, couldn't he? Not yet. Wait till he gets a bit older. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? 
and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So not the result we wanted, but a decent performance, but a little bit of bad news for Chris Kamara in this one, who's taken uh, something of a knock. But battled on bravely. Injured his ankle in the first half, did uh, Kami, kept playing, and then um, made it worse, inevitably. <laughs> Even this, more. this is what you used to do in the olden days. Only two subs. Right, you'll, you can stay on Troutman with your broken neck. Yes, it only turns out to be ankle ligament damage, so it wasn't like a big deal. But then even then... You can run that off, can't you? After it is revealed to be ankle ligament damage, um, out for two to three weeks. So it's not that bad, but there does seem to be a a problem developing around the the number three shirt. Mickey Whitlow, who got a bang on the head in the League Cup against um, Leicester, they thought he was just concussed. It's actually turned out to be a blood clot on his brain that they're sorting out, which is not good. Jim Beglin, who he was already trying to shake off a, a shattered leg from his Liverpool days when we signed him for free and he's long-term injured as well. Glyn Snodden's been out. Don't play left-back for Leeds seems to be the, uh, the, the message. Peter Haddock, of course, is just coming back from injury himself. Fortunately, he, is, but he, he came on fish for, uh, for Kamara in this match. So people do wonder why we refer to a left-back curse in modern-day Leeds United 2020 parlance. And this is the reason why. This is the origin of all this stuff. But it was, and then it got fixed briefly, which we've not we've not come to that point of history yet, have we? But I must admit, I didn't know it went back this far. For me, the left back curse was post Arigo, but this this shows clearly it's a it's virtually a death sentence. I mean, <laughs> blood clots on the brain and stuff. That's not that's not good, is it? And Cammy had uh, been making the left back spot his own as a, a midfielder. He'd been moved there. He's waited his whole career to play in the first division. He's he's doing very very well at left back. So it's a shame that this has happened, and hopefully it will only be two or three weeks and he can uh, sort his ankle ligament damage out. It doesn't time. sound like something that's two or three weeks, does it, somehow ligament damage? Probably mean they'll just inject him with loads of stuff and they'll send him out. Inject some horse cells into him or something or some cow <laughs> stomach, <laughs> I don't know, spray him with DP and send him on his way. There's no mention of cartilage either no. as well. We're, we were saying before, there's usually some cartilage involved, but there's no mention of that. So, you know, what's worse, ligament or cartilage? 
I think it's referred to as soft tissue these days, isn't it? All that stuff. And taking steps forward compared to perhaps where we were during the, the mid to late 80s, we see directors of the club, Leslie Silver and Bill Fotherby, attempting at least to watch the match from the away end, which they wouldn't have necessarily got away with a few years previously. But this is um, all kind of still the fallout from the Manchester City fiasco that um, is still the FA still haven't made any decisions and there is still the risk of what punishment the club may incur for what happened at Main Road. So um, as part of that, Leslie Silver, the chairman, Bill Fotherby, the managing director, tried, um, they basically made the trip down with the away fans who were hanging around with the Leeds fans before the game just to see what being in the away end as a Leeds fan in the first division is like. But they couldn't get into the away end to actually watch the game because they were going to meet a contact for tickets and they, they missed him. They couldn't find him, so they had to go and um, basically beg their way into the, the director's box, which I think might be why on the, the clip at the start when um, Terry Butcher greets Fotherby, who is wearing a, a big fedora and a, a long raincoat and is kind of standing on one side of the tunnel and Leslie Silver is standing on the opposite side, side of the tunnel. And they both kind of look like they're waiting for somebody. It has got that air of somebody's going to come with some comp tickets. Like, look, we've managed to find a space for you. It's all right. We've, We've we've shuffled some people along. There's some room up there. Can we have any food? You've missed the food. <laughs> the buffet's closed now. Sorry. But they I'm, are uh, making a, a brave attempt to see how the other half live. Have a hot dog in the away end. That always goes down well. And in this week, a certain irony perhaps in the fact that Chris Fairclough made the error in this game, but uh, they gave him player of the year at the Supporters Club annual dinner. Get him out. He's not good enough. They had the whole team there as well. Um, Gordon Strachan wrote in his, his pre-match column saying that... Uh, the whole lads enjoyed everything. And Ray Fell, the chairman, made his speech and said quite a lot about the uh, the post-Manchester City stuff. And it's an interesting insight into what um, Fotherby and Silver were trying to find out about being a Leeds fan away from Elland Road at this time. Ray said, there would seem to be no end to the stigma we have to endure simply because we are Leeds United supporters. To exist is to offend. Mm, fair point. Yes, we had supporters standing on seats at Manchester City for no other purpose than to see a match for which they had paid a fee of £7. Just pause for a second there. £7. To have a seat. A seat, not standing, a seat. And the reason they had to do that is also clear. Once again, a club had packed 6,000 visiting fans at an income of £42,000 into an area with inferior seating and had given no thought to stewarding. I actually really like that line. I know, what was it, Phil Hayes' recent quote about being a Leeds fan gets quoted quite a lot in people's Twitter bios and things. I can't remember what he said now. It was very good. This club is not made for you. That that's one. it. Yeah. But then also, to exist is to offend does sum up um, a lot of what Leeds fans have had to, to go through. Good to see the city and the club and the media sort of pulling together around this. It feels like there's a certain amount of circling the wagons, particularly because the YEP are going on a bit of a PR offensive for the club here. Yeah, it's a lovely picture on the first on the front page. Leeds United's oldest fan, 99-year-old Mrs. Dora Oxley, should give her a shout out, um, of Armley. Who sure is, she's uh, listening. <laughs> she's a regular attender of the Mariners Day Centre in Hunslet Hall Rock, Leeds, and uh, Gordon Strachan has gone down there to, uh, to see what she's about. And uh, Gordon said, it's a labour of love who was surprised to learn, this is actually surprising, Mrs. Oxley was 28 when Leeds United AFC was formed. Bloody hell. In 1919. And he said, uh, people seem to like meeting us, but the feeling is mutual. And there is, um, you do notice this as you, you look through the, the newspapers from this time, that when there is kind of a negative story about Leeds United fans, the club will, will respond in the YEP with a, a photo of 
um, like Bobby Davison going to interview, like meet a sick child or something, or, you know, Gordon Strachan's at a, an old folks home just to, just to hammer home. We are trying to change. Graham Kelly, FA, off our backs. Do not close this club down. And Elland Road is being used for all sorts now as well, even rugby league. Look. <laughs> the pitch is sure to be good for after this one, I feel. Wilco will be almost as delighted as David Batty. I imagine that the, uh, the Great Britain versus Australia test decider is being held on his precious first division pitch. Although he did take them to see the second test at Old Trafford. And um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm giggling here because I can see the quote that's coming up ahead. Yes, dear old, uh, the, the report about this was saying that apparently John Lukic thought it was great. He'd never been to a rugby league game before, but thought it was wonderful. And all the players, because it was kicking off while we were at Coventry, um, the players were uh, recording it on their VHS tape recorders to watch it when they got home apart from one uh, <laughs> can you guess who yeah see if you can guess who said this the only sport which really grabs me is soccer and i certainly get no pleasure watching it on the telly can only be one can't it and, he, and also the only sport that really grabs me is soccer i don't think even that really grabbed him did it yeah. not well, properly if i had to pick one it would be football but other than that it's the bikes isn't it i don't yeah. mind playing it but christ it's boring on telly isn't it all sports stupid Bless him. Dear old Bats could not give a toss about your rugby. Back to the football and this draw leaves Leeds United in seventh position in the top flight with 16 points on the board from 11 games. We've all played 11 now. Liverpool still undefeated with 10 wins out of those 11 on 31 points with Arsenal four points behind them in second position. Then going down the table, we've got Spurs, Palace, Man City, Manchester United and then Leeds with Luton just behind us. A little bit annoying in the end that we only got that point at Highfield Road because if you had two were above Manchester City, it would have been by more than the goal because we would have improved our goal difference a little bit as well. So we could have been fifth if we'd only beaten those Asics kit-wearing losers and their player manager nonsense. The world not necessarily talking about football at this moment, particularly in the UK, because there's a huge political development this week. Thatcher quits. Is she going to... uh, take over at Coventry City when <laughs> Terry Butcher ruins the job. It's probably quite interesting actually in the week of fans biting back and trying to put their side of the story forward that Thatcher has gone because I think a lot of Thatcher's era was football fans being the scum of the earth and yeah. this is maybe this new John Major fella I can see him. He seems like a dynamic young th- <laughs> thrusting thing. I can he, see him. If he gets the job I'm sure he'll he'll, he'll really he'll really revolutionise football in this country. There'll be no ID cards with uh, John Major will there? And with the majority of November out of the way, we roll forward to the 1st of December when we will put the Christmas decorations up when we return to Ellen Road to face Southampton at home on the 1st of December. And not before, we have a midweek tie against Queen's Park Rangers at Loftus Road. So we'll speak to you around the Southampton game. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in a bit. The Matchball. 